Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we talked to Derek Taylor about a number of things in the CFL and also about his sporting dilemma tonight on what to watch on TV. And by the way, our interview was before the news came out that the CFL and CFLPA had a tentative agreement reached. And we're also going to talk with Jared Ladderbrook, Executive Director of Golf Manitoba, as the PGA Championship is about to get underway. We'll preview the action on the podcast. Time now for our nightly check-in with Derek Taylor for Stars Air Ambulance, caring for Manitobans when and where you need us most. And Derek, how are we feeling tonight? Last couple of hits we've had uh, have been a little bit doomy and gloomy. Are we feeling a little bit better tonight? I'm feeling better on the football front, but I've got a, I've got a sports dilemma I need you to talk me through, if Uh-oh. you can. Okay, I can try my best. Okay, so in the in the in the sports little sports update there, you confirmed it's the Battle of Alberta, and it's been 31 years since we've had the Battle of Alberta. Uh-huh. Um, we're we're in Canada, confirmed. Yeah. Does it make me less Canadian if I avoid watching the Battle of Alberta because I really want to see the Warriors Mavericks? Does that make me less Canadian? I'm concerned. Do you have a PVR? I do. I do. Yes. I'm at a friend's place, though, and I would feel awkward programming it with, with you know, NBA basketball. Well, because my solution is, as a, you know, I live by myself, so it's easy for me, but my solution is always, uh, the last couple weeks, because there's been an overwhelming amount of sports, has been tape everything and kind of just <laughs> toggle back and forth, and then you don't miss anything. Like, I was, uh, I was watching hockey. I was away uh, in uh, Selkirk at my girlfriend's place as we get really into the weeds on this on yes. uh, Sunday night, was it? Yeah. So I finished watching the Flame Stars game at like 1 a.m. Uh, on my computer. And then I watched the Mavericks Suns game seven after that and uh, kind of sped through it. And I'm like, why, why is Phoenix down by 10? Why is Phoenix down by 20? Why is Phoenix down by 30? And <laughs> it was just despicable. The performance yeah. they put on. So point, my point is, Derek, just watch both. Why have to choose? Watch. But which one do you watch live, right? And avoid Twitter for the other one. Am I less Canadian if I Twitter. don't watch? That's the, that's the solution. You just don't go on your phone. It's easy. Oh, that sounds like a great solution for so many of our world's problems. All right. I, I'm going to do my best, but I'm probably bailing on the Battle of Alberta, which I lived and died by Ugh. as a kid. But uh, I really got to see Luca against the Warriors tonight. Oh, man. Well, I think the Battle of Alberta is going to go longer than the Mavericks Warrior series, if that makes you oh, feel good any call. better. So, yeah, that's good. That... Making a, a mistake tonight. Plus, you can watch the the replay on on Sportsnet's website if you've got the login fo- info. Anyway, CFL Love tonight. It. Are we any closer? You feel to uh, to good vibes returning in in the CFL circles? I, I really think we are. I really think we are. We're, we're hearing there's been movement, as sources have told CGOB, movement, which the only kind of movement would be closer together. And whatever was the impetus for that, whether it was, hey, just that the players did go on strike, whether it's that Edmonton and Calgary will also be in a legal strike position as of tomorrow, whether it's the desire to preserve the preseason as it is, there's movement. Uh, we don't know who's moving where. We'll eventually figure that out. But I, I think as fans, we just want movement and the, you know, the the warm feeling that comes with, oh man, they actually might get this done. I didn't uh, think of this. I saw someone else point this out yesterday. I think it was, but the fact that there hasn't been much info out of either side 
I thought was a bad thing, but maybe it's actually a good thing because it means they're too busy talking to leak anything out. Yeah, we, we just didn't know that we hadn't heard until today that they had been talking, right? When it was right. when they were really putting their heads down in advance of Saturday, they're breaking off talks and they're really doing some back and forth. We didn't hear anything in that spell as well. So, yeah, I kind of took it as, oh, nothing is really happening, which may have been a little naive on my part. But, yeah, like if if we're hearing movement and we haven't really heard anything in the previous 24 hours, yeah, they, they must be really doing some stuff. I like I like that makes uh, a ton of sense upon reflection. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're now, right, this is the Wednesday that we've been talking about of if you want to save that Monday preseason game, uh, Dave Naylor was the first one to say it. You, you need it done by Wednesday. Maybe you could push it to Thursday if the teams are on the field on Friday. But uh, yeah, it, it, this is this is now the uh, the final hours to keep that Monday preseason game alive. We heard your interview with uh, Zach Kolaris earlier in the show, uh, as they do informal workouts as a group. First of all, how nice was it to actually have a one-on-one interview today? Oh, in person? It was the whole 2021 season was over Zoom and all of 2020 was just, you know, there was no season. So we'd only talk to guys on phones. Uh, I hadn't talked to Caleros since probably before week one of 2019. Um, And that that game, of course, where he got injured against Hamilton led to the trade to Toronto, led to the Grey Cup in Winnipeg. Uh, So it was it was fantastic. And, you know, to see these guys up close and in person and. You know, just bump Greg Ellingson. You're like, ah, oh, that's my guy right there. That's Mr. Pass Interference Drawer right there. It's it, it was really good because, yeah, you just – when you get to talk to them, you know, you get a little more after after the microphone's off and you really get a sense of, oh, man, they're, they're ready for some football and they're, you know, excited for the prospect of, as he said during the interview, you heard, he's like, a deal's going to get done at some point. So we're, we're excited to get the chance to play. Was that game in 2019 your first as the Riders play-by-play guy? And on the yes, it was. Uh, it was the first regular season game, and uh, so Simone Lawrence on the, literally the third play from scrimmage hits Kalaros in the head in just a terrible shot. The fans here know know well what that's all about. Uh, and I, I that was a moment for me. I'm like, oh, I have to decide how hard I'm going to go on this in support of the Riders because that one looked awful. And I think I went. That is an atrocious hit. I think I really hammered on atrocious, which which felt right in the moment. But that was a that was a defining moment for me. And I think in hindsight, I think that was the right call because that was a. It, in the end, it ended up being a hit that kind of just completely altered the CFL landscape. It honestly, there was that uh, terrible movie, The Butterfly Effect, way back when, and people have heard oh, yeah. of that. A butterfly flaps Actually, his Kutcher wings. Was in that right? Exactly, butterfly flaps his wings, and you know, five thousand miles away, a. a you know, uh, there's a hurricane. Uh, Kolaros, uh, pardon me, yeah, Kolaros gets hit in the head. Fajardo goes into the game. He starts the next game and lights Ottawa on fire in a loss. That hit, so the hit to uh, Kolaros essentially made Cody Fajardo a millionaire, right? Just that one thing. At the time, Fajardo, and we talked about it repeatedly, had like 98 quarterback sneaks in a CFL career versus 62 passes. But he got his shot under the offensive coordinator that that knew what to do with him, and he he became a millionaire in that time. Kalaros moves on. Simone Lawrence, I mean, just everything went fine for him, obviously. But Kalaros goes to Toronto, then gets traded to Winnipeg, then gets thrust into that final regular season game, and now he's the best player in the CFL and a two-time Grey Cup champion plus MOP. It's 
it's crazy how, you know, how thankfully everybody was healthy after that. That's a big part for Caleros. But yeah, that one hit changed a lot of lives. So you've been at these uh, informal workouts a little bit this week. What's the vibe you get out there? Honestly, it seems like a lot of guys are having fun. Like Jamarcus Hardrick, as fans know, is is like the professor of fun. He's like the guy running, making sure everybody's in, in good space. He was the deep-lying safety at practice today, you know, just making sure everything's going good on offense. Uh, you really just sense the excitement. And guys are – there are guys that are, you know, down and focused and, hey, I'm, I'm working, right? This is – this is my two hours, hour and a half where I, I get to play football or else we're kind of, you know, in the dorm and just hanging out and waiting. But yeah, no, the, the vibe is really good. Talking to Zach today, I mean, he was he was raving about Greg Ellingson. He was doubly raving about Jalen Saunders, uh, the new receiver who he played with in Hamilton back in 2017. Uh, Saunders, of course, coming off that terrible car crash and, uh, you know, trying to get back into the Canadian Football League. So yeah, Zach was super happy. I, I talked to Greg Ellingson very briefly. He's happy. Talked to Mark Leggio for a bit. There's one, that guy is built like a truck. Oh my gosh. Mark Leggio is a big oh, yeah. man for not being very tall. Holy cow. He does not miss a gym <laughs> day, which I did not expect because he's a kicker. He's a, a kicker, but man, that dude must get after it in the gym. So yeah, like even even Jake Thomas, who was who was there kind of acting as the media media rep i mean everybody seems like they're they're in good spirits despite the fact it's it's day four of a player strike and it's not a position that any of them really wanted to be in yeah legio i spent a lot of time kind of lingering around the two edges of the sideline when i'm down there at home games and one end is where the kicking net is and legio was always practicing down there he's a he's a stocky little guy and he's uh definitely i think gonna be a guy that I'm looking forward to seeing the most out of the players that are there once training camp actually starts, because in terms of a position of, of proveness, yeah. that's one of the spots that the bombers were lacking last year. And one of the few holes that you could say that the two time defending champs might have, and he's a guy that is a Canadian. And if he can do the jobs, they'd love it. Well, and, and I don't know if you and I have talked about this, but, but Legio five for eight on field goals, five for eight on converts is, is rough. That's rough. But five for eight with the field goals he was asked to kick, where his average kick was 44 yards, an incredibly long distance. I I don't know how much I, I I don't know how much I'm going to even think about his 2021 season when I look ahead to the potential for him in 2022 because he was a fantastic kicker in college and I mean physically there's no reason why he can't when the first thing he does in the CFL is kick a 50 yard field goal like that's that's bonkers that you're getting sent out for 56 yarders and 54 yarders. I, I, for whatever reason, I have I have really high hopes for for Mark Leggio. And honestly, if you can have, like you say, if you can have a Canadian be that place kick, be that place kicker, and if you're going to go global at punter or Leggio can double duty, uh, yeah, I, I I think you're right on uh, on what the the Bombers hope slash expect from Leggio this season. Well, and. To be able to do both, we saw Medlock do both for a number of years. Oh. It's simple; it frees up a roster spot. Yeah, and and that's yeah, and unfortunately, whoever comes after him, right, gets compared to Medlock, who for for me is just the best kicker in the history of the CFL. He was just he had three, four times as many fifty-yard attempts as any other kicker. He was he was just a monster at this level. So yeah, it's to have a Canadian do it. It, it raises the question of. Where are the Bombers going to get their global player in? Because they can use, as what we see right now, 
uh, it'll be one or two globals, depending on what they want. Will they get a global in at punter? That's the first round pick they use in the global draft. Um, if not, then it's maybe defensive back. Yeah, if not, we're still, I mean, no one, I don't know what T. Andrew Hansen is particularly up to uh, football-wise if he, if he wants to keep playing, but they don't have a ton of options to get the global player in there. So, uh, yeah, Legio's, there's going to be a competition for the kicker between Legio and Mortada, and uh, let's see who can come out on top this time. You know, you mentioned that you don't want you don't envy someone filling in for Medlock. I mean, not that you know anything about coming in after a legend <laughs> retires, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I kind of felt that one as it was coming out of my mouth. I'm like, oh right, yeah, there we go. But uh, <laughs> no, no, I I wish honestly, just just selfishly, I kind of wish Justin Medlock was still kicking in the league because he was just it, it was okay. it was different. There are, there are great kickers in this league, but Medlock just the left footedness. Uh, how he's just quiet dude and just pounding 50 yarders. Like it's going out of style and hitting all his converts when people weren't in the CFL. That was a big part of that too. Well, Derek, we'll, uh, we'll let you go there. Hopefully tomorrow night on your appearance, we will have some, uh, developments in the CBA talks by then. We'll see. Yeah. Let's just say I'm going to spend a couple more hours tonight preparing my rundown for the Monday, Monday preseason game, just in case. Just putting that out there. Uh, Tomorrow, golf. As the second major of the PGA season starts in Oklahoma, the PGA Championship takes center stage at Southern Hills. And here to preview the action is Jared Ladabrook, Executive Director of Golf Manitoba. Jared, it's been a few years now since the PGA made the move to have the tournament in May instead of August. Are you liking that change? Uh, Yeah, I do. You know, it was the it was traditionally the last major of the year, and and it was still important. But I I think this moving this in between um, the the Masters and the U.S. Open, I think puts it in a really nice position. Uh, it's exciting. People are really getting into golf. The season for us is just kicking off, and, and you know, for, for the most part around North America. So, I think this is a really good move, and and um, you know, I I, I like uh, I like you know moving it to to this time zone. And it- it gives the opportunity to put it in hotter places that in, you know, August it would have been insufferable, but to put it in May, it's not so bad. And so we go to Oklahoma and Tulsa for this year's PGA championship at Southern Hills. And what do we need to know about this golf course, Jared, as we look to see who might win this thing? Yeah, it's not your, your point about the weather. I think the last time they played it here, it was, it was a hundred degrees and I think they're, they're forecasting in the seventies. So uh, obviously a lot, uh, a lot better weather, you know, for the players and for the fans, but um, not overly long. I think just over 7,300 yards. It's a par 70, uh, some pretty severe greens uh, and you have to keep the ball in play. Um, The rough here is quite penal. Um, and, uh, you, you can't, you can't run them up. It's not like an open championship. These, these balls have to come in high and, and soft and, and they have to be, uh, you know, precise. So there's going to be a premium on, on accuracy this week off the tee. And, uh, you know, that, the, you know, the player who does that is, is going to have the best chance to, uh, you know, to contend. So Scotty Scheffler won the masters last month, very convincingly. It wasn't really drama at all. On Sunday, after the I think third or fourth hole, when he, he created separation there, uh, do you think he could win this this weekend? Because we almost never see guys go back to back, major to major. 
Yeah, I think it's only been done six times um, uh, in in uh, in PGA Tour history, if I'm if I'm correct. So I mean, look, he said it. Uh, he was asked, you know, does he have an advantage? And he said, all of us are starting at you know even par, and he's, he's right. And he just he just happened to have won the Masters and three other tournaments. I think his confidence is going to be is 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 um, you know, it's maybe going to elevate him against the rest of the field. Um, but it's a major. I mean, it's uh, it's it's the it's the toughest test. It's one of the stronger fields, um, and there's a lot of good players. So, uh, I mean, if you were gonna if you were gonna look at who might be a favorite, of course he's gonna be that that conversation piece because of, of how well he's played of late. But like you said on Thursday, everyone tees it up at level par. Yeah, he is the betting favorite right now at about eleven to one. Though bet, picking a golfer to win a tournament, it, it's a total crapshoot. Even the favorites, you're getting decent odds on that. But uh, a big headline on this tournament, Jared, is who's not there, and that's the defending champion Phil Mickelson, who is he, he's somewhere hiding basically since the comments came out uh, a couple months ago. But what he said about the Saudis and the Saudi Golf League did not play the Masters, is not playing this weekend. We haven't heard from him since that incident. What is your view of Phil Mickelson right now? Has his legacy been tarnished? And do you think we're going to see him again at a major tournament? <laughs> That's a great question. I, I mean, Yeah, I mean, he hasn't done himself any favors lately. But uh, look, his, his record speaks for himself. He, uh, he's, a, he's a fantastic player. He's, he's won so many golf championships. He's, he's won majors. He's always fun to watch. His storyline last year was incredible. Uh, watching him, uh, you know, win the, the PGA at his age, um, you know, so let's, let's hope it doesn't tarnish that. I, you know, I know he's, he's, uh, like you said, he's disappeared and he's trying to, to keep a low profile right now, but, uh, I mean, we'd all like to see him come back and play, but I, you know, I think for him just laying low is, is, is part of his game plan and just let things simmer down a little bit. Um, it's, it really is too bad. Uh, would have loved to have seen him tee it up and, and see how he responded, uh, defending this week. Tiger is going to be there. He, of course, had a, an awesome first round at the Masters and then really tapered off after that. Did make the cut, and then his body kind of fell apart on Saturday and Sunday. He's obviously the needle when he's at a tournament. He doesn't move the needle. He is the needle. But we shouldn't have any expectations of him really being relevant on Sunday, right? I think in the back of our mind, we'd all like to see that well, of course, because but... it's, 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 it's exciting, but yeah, I think, I think, uh, I think we saw what, what is probably going to happen this week at the masters. He might come out strong, uh, but it's, it's just, it's the four days of playing. The wind is apparently going to kick up, uh, quite strong later on into the week. So if he does make the cut, I mean, he's also going to have to contend with that. Um, you know, so, uh, Look, but I mean, if anyone has the has the determination to do so, it's him. I mean, he he won a major on a broken leg. Um, you know, he's he's come back for some from some you know, you know career-ending injuries for most. Um, you know, so look, I mean, it, mind over matter. If if anyone has the mental game to do so, but you know, I I, I doubt we'll see him. If he if he made the cut, I think that would be a realistic expectation for golf fans and exciting for us those for those watching. All right, so regarding the Canadians in the field, Corey Connors is the uh, the favored Canadian to, to win the tournament. Obviously, at you know sixty to one, it's still not a not a high number, but nonetheless, uh, he's shown well at the Masters the last number of years. What do you think of uh, his odds and the other Canadians in the field, like Adam Hadwin and Mackenzie Hughes? 
Yeah, I think I saw uh, NBC Sports had ranked him as the 20th, uh, you know, pick to to potentially win uh, in that order. So, I mean, he's on the radar. He's playing nice. Um, uh, you know, so are the other Canadians that you mentioned. Um, he, he seems to be quite comfortable in the in the major environment. Um, you know, the trend at, at Augusta, I think, uh, 10th, 8th, and 6th. So he's moving in the right direction there. Um, but the three, you know, the, the, the players that you mentioned are, are all, you know, quite capable of, of playing great golf, although Mackenzie Hughes had a rough finish, uh, to his event last week, didn't make the cut, but, um, you know, I like his game. I like where it's going. He's maturing. He's been out there long enough, uh, Connors to, to be comfortable in this situation. And I, you know, we shouldn't be surprised to see him, uh, you know, on, you know, on the, at least making the cut, but, but also maybe even contending. So it's it's nice to see Canadians doing well in these events. Outside of who we've mentioned so far, any other names that uh, are top of mind for you, whether it's a big name like a Rory McIlroy or, or down the list a little bit more like a Patrick Cantley, who's never won a major, but he's been nearby relevant, Xander Shoffley, that kind of guy? Yeah, I mean, you know, Cantley, he's been... He's been uh, I think he's chomping at the bit to win one of these. Uh, you know, Justin Thomas playing nicely. The PGA is is a is a championship that's near and dear to him. So he's got a little more, uh, you know, um, invested into this event. Uh, Jordan Spieth. It's essentially it's a it's a home game for him, uh, being in in, um, in in Texas. So uh, I think uh, you know I think that's he's he's playing nice as well. Um, you know, so I mean, the, the, we always talk about McElroy and. Um, you know, it's, it's been a while since, since he's won a, a major championship, he came out hot, um, you know, but, but those names, they're all, they're all players to watch. We do, our eyebrows do get raised when they don't miss, when, when they don't make the cut for that matter. But, um, you know, those, those are players to watch this week. They all have, have great games, but I think they, they carry so much pressure, um, you know, on them to do so well. And, and, you know, that might, that might be hurting their chances, but, um, you know, I think we're, just like the Masters, we're, we're going to be treated to some great golf this week. And, and the weather is looking good. The golf course is looking great. And it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Just seeing that uh, Bryson DeChambeau has withdrawn from the tournament with a, a hand injury. He's been battling injury a lot this season. Another guy that's been battling injury is Brooks Kepka, who yeah. put together one of the kind of great stretches of golf. Hasn't won a major in a little bit. But since 2016... He's 86 under par at majors. Next best is Dustin Johnson at 28 under par. It's an absolutely staggering number how good he's been at major championships. Do you think we see him sniffing around it this week? Well, he does have two of these. Mm. Uh, he's obviously he obviously has a comfort level here. It's it's you know it's about his health and whether or not he can maintain that. Um, I like his chances. He's he's got the length. He's got the accuracy. And and when his putters on on fire, um, they all seem to go in. The 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 hole seems to be the size of a of a manhole cover. So, um, you know what, uh, it, it all remains to be seen. You just, you have to, you have to come out. You don't, you can't win it on the first day, but you can certainly lose it. So it's just a matter of how they approach and, and where their game is at and, and what type of mental, uh, mental approach they're taking to it. And, and also some luck, you know, hurt doesn't help, uh, or doesn't hurt either being maybe on the right side of the draw, getting, getting some good weather, some, some light wind or some softer conditions, those things all come, come into play as well. So if I had to ask you for a winner pick right now, who would it be? Oh, <laughs> impossible question. I know it's it's an impossible question. I don't I don't think I've I've done very well with my picks, but uh, you know I I um, 
I, I like where uh, where Spieth is going. Uh, I, you know, I, I like I like his chances. Like I said, it, it's a home game for him, so I'm going to go ahead with that pick. Locally, the golf season has been off to a, an interesting start, I'd say, weather-wise. You had a, an amazing week of weather at the start of May, and it's just been otherwise a ton of water. Uh, how are courses handling all this rain? Yeah, some are shutting down um, just to, you know, to try and manage the amount of water they are taking. Uh, they do look green, I'll say that much, uh, for this time of year, which is usually, you know, it's it's usually dusty and, and brown and, and uh, the grass isn't... Uh, isn't looking its best, but um, yeah, th- this isn't helping. You know, we've gone from one end of the extreme last year where we were too dry to this year now. You know, this spring where we're too wet. So, um, you know, but it's it's early enough. Um, you know, there hasn't been a lot of traffic on the golf courses yet. Um, if they can let it drain out and and uh, you know give the golf courses a chance to recover. It remains to be seen what the weather is like coming in front of us, but um, you know, nonetheless, at least we're open, and uh, you know, hopefully, we're playing golf sooner than later. Have you been out yet? Uh, I snuck to the range uh, yesterday and and uh, and hit a few. Um, too early in the year for me, but uh, you know, maybe at at month's end or early in June. How'd you swing? Uh, I hit it. I hit the club face a couple of times. Uh, a, a couple went sideways, which is to be expected. Um, but uh, it was just it was good to be out there. It was good to uh, to to be on a golf course again, and uh, you know, getting ready for for the year to come. It's the furthest thing that we can get from where we were, you know, the past six months of winter. So it's just a good feeling. And, and yesterday it was raining. And the golf course was full, so it just goes to show people have an appetite for, for getting out. They want to play, and and now and uh, you know let's let let's go already. Let's get this season underway. Yeah, weather might not be great for golfing upcoming here, but it's going to be great for staying indoors to watch golf, which I'll be doing this weekend. Jared, have a great weekend. Enjoy yourself, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Thanks for the chat, Christian. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more. Every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. We try to